This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to John Johnson. Science! On Sports Radio 94. Space, the final frontier. WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's come to that time of the morning. I know it's been a while. Talk some science, a little technology. A lot to catch up on since we've last been together. However, I am focusing on really one subject this morning, which is almost breaking news in a sense in terms of uh, science and the possibility of travel. And it's all centered around this. As we've talked about in uh, prior science and technology segments many times about the soon-to-be colonization of Mars, or at least the attempt to, from not only NASA but other space agencies who are putting together these missions, uh, participants who are willing to make that one-way trip to Mars in attempt to colonize it. And the plan um, has always been to do such a thing in the early 2020s. Maybe, I know, it gets it seemingly gets pushed back year by year by year, uh, but right now in the early to mid-2020s, to attempt this. Well, there has been uh, chatter, and things might be changing. And I'll tell you what I mean. As you know, this interplanetary travel, which is what this would be, um is now just a few years away from potentially becoming a reality. The issue is, and has always been, that it is a one-way trip. Whoever ultimately decides and is accepted and goes through all the training is leaving Earth forever. And there are no guarantees. You may never make it there. You may die on liftoff. You may die you know, exiting, uh, leaving the, the Earth's gravity. I mean, there are so many different variables. There's zero guarantees in all this. Well, the great people at NASA have been talking about this, and I am curious to see if it becomes the priority over this potential human travel to Mars, or at least, or at least pushes it back for many more years. So... Mars is obviously the red planet, but there is now the thought within NASA, among their many experts, that perhaps it could be turned to green. How would you do such a thing? By terraforming the planet. What is terraforming? You're changing the atmosphere of the planet itself and making it more Earth-like. Or should I, I shouldn't say more Earth-like, by making it Earth-like. And... With advances in artificial intelligence, this might be the one benefit of artificial intelligence uh, versus all the, the cons of it. 
in theory, there are discussions about sending a fleet of artificial intelligence devices, whether it be cranes, different types of machines, and starting the terraform of the planet ahead of time in attempt to change its atmosphere to make it somewhat accommodating for human beings. If not, sending a fleet of artificial intelligence devices to build colonies, to build tents, to build you know greenhouses, to blah, 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 everything that a human being would need. So essentially, when the time came uh, that a human being would make that trip, they would have uh, a home, uh, a headquarters already built for them to walk right into and begin living or whatever you would do, <laughs> begin colonizing. And there apparently has been some really deep thought about this, about, you know, the elements that are currently available on Mars and how can we make this happen sooner. And in theory... Uh, with the technology we currently have, they believe they could do something like this in the next 25 years uh, to make this trip with the fleet of artificial intelligence devices to kind of do everything for us. And they put up a, a bunch of artist renderings, which are very computery. And uh, they use, uh, you know, an example year of 2065. As the first colonists arrive you know, robots are mining rocks for critical elements to produce non-toxic gases, which are great at trapping heat. And then the sun can do the rest of the work. And they estimate that four hours of Martian sunshine contain more energy than all of Earth's nuclear weapons, which is mind-blowing. You know, but essentially, right now, the temperature on Mars can be 23 degrees for a high during the day and then negative 95 at night. And with the slow transformation of terraforming, they feel in 50 years that maybe the high during the day at Mars could be 40 degrees and then maybe 15 at night. That's a huge transformation. Granted, it's 50 years and you're looking at, say, the year, you know, if we fast forward 100 years from now, 2117, and unfortunately none of us will be around to, to be there for it. But the heat boost would release carbon dioxide frozen in the soil and in the ice caps, dialing up the temperature. And then they, they I mean, NASA does all the research. They're looking further out than that. Go another 50 years. Maybe... 2165, maybe they can get the temperature up to, say, 60 degrees Fahrenheit during the day. And the skies on Mars are beginning to turn more blue. With the atmosphere thickening, developing the planet, suddenly you have plant life. And then they, you know, they talk way distant future, you know, 1,000 years down the road, you know, 2,000 years down the road, 5,000 years down the road, where essentially thousands of years from now, it is now a second Earth, which uh, is, uh, to say it out loud, is mind-blowing. And by their projections, unfortunately, none of us will be around to see it. Uh, but it has become a theory now. You know, why risk human life when we have the technology and artificial intelligence now uh, to potentially do something like this?
which kind of leads into the next story I have for you, which is the Curiosity rover, which is on Mars right now. Now, you can watch movies all you want, and I, I think um, a couple of recent movies, you know, talk about this. But if the rover that's on Mars, do you know how long it takes for information to be delivered from Mars to Earth and vice versa? It's 24 minutes one way. So if you're on Mars and the rover is, you know, sitting there looking at a group of rocks and wondering which one to drill into, it means it's going to wait 48 minutes to decide. 24 minutes back to Earth, 24 minutes back. That's a long time of idle use, of idle non-use. And the rover's cost $2.6 billion to build. That's just to build. Forget getting it there. So NASA's engineers have been altering the rovers. And for example, using artificial intelligence, which is now giving the rovers and orbiters the ability to collect and analyze data, then decide what information to send back to Earth without any human input. Now, I understand saying that sounds very scary, but in the same breath, it's this speeds up the process exponentially. And since May of last year, NASA has been testing out an autonomous system on the Curiosity rover. So this has been going on for some time. It's the same thing I say all the time about NASA. We're finding out information that's a year old. And the thought of this now opens up other things like interplanet further interplanetary or interstellar travel. If when this time comes, if it's, you know, hopefully sooner than later, and we can get together a group, a fleet of artificial intelligence satellites and rovers and all kinds of different devices that can be launched into space. Because with, with the new satellites that we are manufacturing and building on a year-by-year -year basis, we're finding more about these different galaxies and, and planets that we never, ever knew about before because of the technology. But unfortunately, because of that same technology, we're limited on what we can do outside of just looking at it through a telescope. So if this time comes and we have a fleet, just send them all out there. Look here. Go look there. Go look there. Sure, it may take months, if not years, to find out information. But it's sure as heck a lot sooner than trying to put together a manned mission. That's years, hundreds of years off, that type of travel. So it's something to think about. It's, I mean, the thought of it's mind-blowing. And the one last item that I have to talk to you about has to do with a potential ninth and tenth planet in our solar system. Now, Pluto, as you may or may not know, back in 2000, 2006 got demoted, no longer a planet. But because of the technology of our age, we may have discovered a ninth planet. And they are speculating at about a potential tenth planet, which is really dark. May be there, may not be there. In the Astron uh, was it Astronomical Journal, I believe is the name of it. These two scientists that work at the University of Arizona suggest that there may be another planet hidden on the outskirts. And it could be a similar mass to Pluto, but they're really not sure. It's out beyond Neptune in the, I think it's called the Coupler Belt, Coupler Belt. 
And it's crowded by a ring of icy junk left over from the formation of our solar system. You know, like, you know, in uh, like comets and dwarf planets such as Pluto. And it may have enough gravity to clear its orbit of debris. But, you know, it's one of the requirements necessary to be considered a planet. I mean, this is all like rough information right now that they are looking into. Uh, but I just find it fascinating that, you know, as we're getting a little, get the newest technology created, we're finding about stuff that's so close to us that we assume we found everything out that's in our own solar system. And we're looking beyond. We still don't know anything. We know nothing. It's just all really cool stuff you uh, uh, should definitely consider. All right, so that's what I have for you this morning in our science and technology portion uh, of the show. Again, always replayed at to close out the show on Sunday mornings. I'll post anything I can to my Twitter account, at John Johnson, W-I-P, J-O-N Johnson, W-I-P, 888-729-9494 and pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon wireless cell phone. Cesar Gramenzi Engineering on the other side of the glass with you till six. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.